What type of investor are you? We can help you find out. If you're looking for a fun and fast way to jumpstart your investment journey, we have just a thing. Take the What's Your Investment Secret Sauce quiz. Within a few short minutes, you can learn what it is that makes you different from other investors, pointing you in the direction of your dreams and goals. Who knows? This might be the first step of what could be an incredible, life-changing journey. Take the quiz by going to kittysisters.com slash secret sauce. Again, it's kittysisters.com slash secret sauce. How do I make the switch from being employed or self-employed individual to an individual with multiple streams of passive income? It's all about continuing your education and building and taking advantage and becoming part of the producer side. Hey, I'm Palmy. And I'm Nancy. And together we make the Kitty Sisters. We are apartment syndication experts, entrepreneurs, and real estate investors. Nine years ago, we made a change in our financial futures by ditching the nine to five. Discover the joy and security in making money while we sleep. We made this podcast to help high-level entrepreneurs secure their financial future while paying virtually zero tax by utilizing apartment syndication. And we're going to show you how. This is Cashflow Multipliers, the podcast dedicated to your financial freedom for the lifestyle you deserve. Welcome back, Cashflow Multipliers. Can you believe we are here at episode number 11? Palm, remember our first episode recording, right? Oh my god, How cringe and how it was... Right? And how I was so anxious and nervous and sweaty. Yes. <laughs> Especially the sweaty part. Well, guess what? We're, we're episode number 11 now, right? If you have stuck with us since day one, we're so thankful for your support. Surely you are, as the kids say, OG, and we're so thankful for you. We have a really exciting treat for all of you today because this episode is one of Saren's very, very favorite topic, and that's ice cream. <laughs> ice cream, it? guys. Yay, ice cream. <laughs> Actually, it's not ice cream. That was a diversion. <laughs> Actually, it's a really exciting topic. Taxes. Oh, no. Uh, yes. <laughs> we know there's nothing certain but death and taxes. You know that saying, right, Nan? Yes. Well, hopefully, we're going to be taking that saying to a totally different level after you guys hear this episode. You got it. And for those of you who would rather, you know, not deal with this topic, that is totally fair. And we definitely can see why it can be so daunting, especially if you hate the month of April. However, we know that in order to be financially free, sometime you have to educate Well, we had to educate ourselves on the topic we would rather avoid by closing our eyes and sticking our fingers in our ears singing la 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 while someone else took the time to learn and is cashing in big. That's why we're here to hopefully give you a new outlook on the subject. So open your eyes and unplug those ears because we promise you, your future self will be thanking you after listening to this episode instead of you switching back to that new Adele album. Tempting, we know. If you put your pants on one leg at a time, you pay taxes, right? Oops. Raise your hand. (laughs) Yeah. Raise your hand if that's you. Well, okay. We can't exactly see you, but we imagine that all of them are way up. And maybe there are some eye rolls thrown in there as well. Now, if you could legally, ethically, and morally not pay taxes, how many of you would? And no, this is not a trick question by Palmer or, you know, (laughs) I at all. We imagine hands that are going up even faster and maybe some quizzical looks that follow. Remember, we are not CPAs. Everything we're sharing to you today in this episode, we've learned from the real life greats. Some people like financial ninjas such as Tom Wright, CPA extraordinaire. We also are sharing you some stuff from the famous rich dad, poor dad, Arthur, Robert Kiyosaki, who've taught us, who we've mentioned a lot 
in previous podcasts, obviously. Both of these men are a wealth literally of knowledge. So think of this episode as one of their greatest hits album, having banger after banger of perfectly genius topics and that will help you grow your empire. Oh, I like that. So where to start on this episode of taxes? Well, according to Tom Wilwright, most people know that the tax law is there to raise revenue. What a lot of people don't know, though, is that the rest of the tax law is fundamentally an instruction guide reducing taxes. Whoa, right? Reducing taxes through laws. Told ya, greatest hits. We all joke about the government, <laughs> you know, the FBI agents peering through our phones and knowing every detail about our lives, right? Oh, yeah. But let yes. us tell you something that they are guaranteed to know about you. And that's that you hate paying taxes. Now, Nad, do you know what else they know about us? No. <laughs> Everything. <laughs> yes. Beyond knowing everything, I'm talking about you also, NSA, but they also know (laughs) that humans like being rewarded. And that's why they offer incentives, aka tax breaks, when you do things that they want you to do, such as buying a house, sending your kids to college, buying an electric car, or even adopting a child. Ooh, that Tesla. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So we all love incentives. And as humans, we are geared towards being rewarded. As children, there was no better feeling after a long afternoon in arcade than gripping that precious tickets in your hands as you're skipping all the way to the prize booth. And then you're going to be able to pick out that shiniest toy on the display. I remember those days very, very fondly. And as many of you may also. (laughs) So as adults, those same feelings doesn't go away. Now, instead of getting prizes as like a shiny toy, it's matured a bit. So what that is, is tax laws now has become a fundamental series of incentives. So but whose incentives are these for? Robert Kiyosaki famously referred to something called the cash flow quadrant. So the cash flow quadrant mm-hmm. states that there are four primary ways for people to make good income. The E quadrant stands for employee. The S quadrant stands for self-employed, which includes private practicing doctors, dentists, lawyers, and other small business owners. B quadrant stands for business owner who owns a company that has over 500 employees or more. And finally, our personal fave, the I quadrant, which, as you might guess, <laughs> stands for investors. Oh, yes. So let's start with the basic employee quadrant here for a sec. Honestly, this might be a lot for you, like some of you right now. And this is super normal. The E quadrant is where most of the working population resides. Like an employee earns a paycheck and benefit by exchanging their time, knowledge, and performance of their required job. Their finance or wage is directly tied to the amount of the time their time traded and their ability to perform efficiently and effectively at their job. Sounds like you? Maybe a little too accurate of your situation, right? If you fall under the E quadrant, the only way to make more money is to put in more hours or switch to a higher paying company. Within this quadrant, there is no passive income. If you don't work, you most likely, well, you most definitely do not earn any money. Palm, would you say it's a really transactional relationship between time and money, right? Absolutely. And if you've been around here long enough, you know we're not a fan of that life. People in this quadrant pay the most taxes of any other quadrants, right? As you have gathered, the majority of highly paid professionals in U.S. fall into this category, well, this quadrant and this quadrant alone. Doesn't matter if you're a top professional in your field, if somebody else employ you, you pay the benefits and benefit off of your skill, you are most likely paying taxes in the neighborhood of 40%. 
Did we get that right, Pom? Yeah, that's so true. So to reiterate, basically, you're going to be paying the most significant portion as, as the employee side. Now we're going to jump into the S side. So this isn't any better. We salute people who are be your own boss people here. And we know there's a lot of people like that. Woo-hoo. Those who used to struggle at a nine to five, but now they found themselves actually working 24 seven. So the self-employed, so true. the self-employed person owns their own business, dictates their own activities, but and they do this without the input of any superior or senior partners. While an employee has a more top-down management where they're told what to do, expectation, etc. So look, guys, we're not here to dog hustling for ca- in the quadrant, this quadrant of the cash flow. However, those who are self-employed also have to recognize that they have something very similar to regular employees. While they may think that they're actually moving up in the the food chain per se. So what is it? So both groups, the S and the E, still pay tremendous amount of taxes. As Financial Yoda Robert Kiyosaki once said, those who fall under the S quadrant are owned by their business. Sure, there's definitely benefits to being able to own your own time as a self-employed. Not having to answer to someone else's schedule, being empowered in that sense, you feel a sense of freedom that comes with that. And you get to do those random runs to buy some boba or Target stuff, pick up or stay at home (laughs) if your kids are sick. However, if you do not put any hours in, you don't get paid. So when you own your own business, you still have to make sure you pick up new projects, make sure that you show up, you work hard, you do the invoicing, you make sure that you do activities in order to earn money. Sounds like a lot of time that people are be do- you doing this, right? We used to be this way as well in the S quadrant. So if you're in the S quadrant and you're making good income, you're probably paying somewhere between 60% taxes. Because you're paying both the employee side and the employer side. That's a double whammy. Yes, that was a pain in our purest life, of course. And yes, let's now get into the business owner quadrant. These individuals really look at job and thought to themselves, why work at a job when I can own the whole damn system, right? And to that, all we can say is respect. Business owners are known to outsource their tasks to experts instead of taking in on themselves. These people really know how to work the system and they know the best Talent doesn't always mean themselves. If you're a business owner, you likely own a system that creates income that does not equal to the amount of time you put in. Can stay out of the office for months or travel around the world for a vacation, you know, island hopping in Tahiti or in the Philippines without your business suffering. Your income isn't directly linked to your time. It's linked to the system and the people you work hard to create and delegate to. You're creating jobs and adding products and resources to be purchased to boost the economy, right? Due to the difficulty of breaking into this quadrant, only a selected few professionals go on to become business owners. However, professionals that can make it to this quadrant are on the right path to attaining financial freedom. This quadrant isn't for the faint of heart. Owning a business of over 500 employees can be daunting, right? And there is a lot of research that go into picking the right field. However, all the hard work pays off because big business owners are paying only about 20% in taxes. That's a lot better than 40 or 60%, 60%. right, Pong? Yeah, absolutely. We understand that deeply, that 60% tax bracket. And of course, and now finally, we are reaching the sweet spot quadrant, the unicorn investor quadrant that Robert Kiyosaki described as the peak of all quadrants and only a few can actually attend it. While the self-employed guys down the roads own a business and a business owner living across the street owns a system, investors 
own assets that make money for them while they sleep and Whoa, while they're right? awake, guys, <laughs> and while they're eating, oh, and yeah, while they look that, and while you know you get the picture, drinking boba like us. <laughs> okay, guys, do you know who else love investor? I mean, this is not a quick question. Do you know Palm? Yeah, not a trick question. <laughs> well, it's Uncle Sam, and he's waiting for you at the prize booth with incentives, tax break, and loopholes. Did we say loopholes? Oops. This quadrant is equivalent of the finest caviar, the most delicate champagne, right? Because investors are individuals who have made money from one or more of their other quadrants and have learned how to put that money to work for them passively, not actively like the other three quadrants. Investors often invest in something like stocks, royalties, apartment syndications, and owning portions of businesses. So while you're sipping on the brute, they're brutally working, right? If you're a high-level entrepreneur looking to achieve financial security and regain more of your time, then the I-quadrant is where you need to get to and therefore where you need to focus your goals. Once you're here, your job becomes more of a hobby than actual work. You can choose to work when you want to, not because you have to. Yup. Let that sink in for some time. There is a world where you can choose to work because you want to, not because you have to. Mm -hmm. So if you're in the I quadrant, you may actually pay zero taxes. That's the quadrant where we investors are in. And that's why we love apartment investing so much. Because again, it's not about how much money you make. It's about how much you keep. Now, yes. let's take a look at a couple of real life case studies. So Hillary Clinton, for example, she was a public servant. She was an attorney. So throughout her professional career, she bounces between the E and the S quadrant, between being an employee and self-employed. So she's probably playing in the neighborhood throughout her career between 40 to 60% in taxes. And, you know, love it or hate him, the 45th president, Donald Trump, now he falls into the I quadrant. So that's where he makes his money. And guess what, guys? We all know he pays zero in taxes, and he's very proud of that fact. Yes, it's quite... um alarming <laughs> not alarming like guys, right it's quite it's some, something to celebrate right I, yes for someone who like you know billionaires and pay zero dollars in taxes right supposedly a billionaire so guys <laughs> true true did some of you just have an aha moment we hope so right how many of you remember learning about consumers and producer in school you know the rabbit eats the plant and the lion eats well anything that's standing away right we all have seen Lion King. Palm, I know you love Lion King. I remember <laughs> that, right? Growing up. Yeah. Well, guys, yes, um, Pumbaa, right? Pumbaa and Timon, right? That's your favorite character. Well, guys, Robert Kiyosaki also has his own version of this. He took the quadrant a step farther and split them in half. The left and the right side of the quadrant. Under this division, Kiyosaki analyzed the quadrants using each quadrant varying level of effort required to make money. The two quadrants on the left-hand side is the E and the S quadrants, regarded as consumer. The S quadrant on the right side, B and I, are producer. So E and S on the left-hand side, and B and I are on the right-hand side. So again, guys, tax laws is all about those incentives that we talked about earlier, rewarding people to get them to do some sort of action. So it's basically the carrot in front of you. So if you're making money <laughs> just as a consumer, you're looking to be in the E and S side and you're going to be definitely taxed on that. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So the government likes us to be actually producers, which is why they put a whole bunch of incentives 
inside the B and the I quadrant. So if you're on the right side of the quadrant, hint, hint, you're producing jobs, <laughs> housing, energy, agriculture, and so on. What the government is saying, especially with the new tax law that was enacted in 2017, is that if you're on the producer side of things, the government's going to give you a whole bunch of tax breaks. So this is all rewards in order to help further boost up the economy. So it's important to reward companies for improving things like technology, increasing capital investments, and reinvesting growth of their businesses. Thus, they expand the rewards for investing and entrepreneurship. The more people who produce, the better the economy is going to be. And they get people to produce these things through incentives, tax incentives specifically. Definitely. But like anything in life, there are also some exceptions, right? And in this case, not all investing gets rewarded the same. Let's bring do some math here or some example. If you have $100,000 to invest and you invest in stock, you're basically invest as a consumer. The government is going to say, look, we won't tax the income high. We'll tax you at a lower rate. However, we're not going to give you any tax benefit. On the other hand, if you invest in oil, gas business, energy, renewable energy, and or apartment buildings in a way that help consumer consume more, then the government is going to give you a bigger tax benefit. In the first example, the only benefit is you, right? The investor, when you invest in stock market. However, in the second example, by investing in business that serve consumers, your investment can actually help many other people outside yourself. Thus, the bigger tax breaks. Consumers are going to consume, but producers... They're just going to keep people to consume more, right? So let's take a quick look at a quick example. So if you invested $100,000, but you get back $40,000 in tax benefit, then your net investment is really $60,000, right? So in Uncle Sam's mind, he's saying, you can invest your $60,000 and we're going to throw in $40,000. So basically the government is investing $40,000 and you're investing sixty, dollars And it's their way of stimulating the growth, making sure that you're like, hey, you're going to push to do more investments because they're like, guess what? You have the government helping support that. The harsh reality is also that the government doesn't care that much about any of us. All they care about is collecting their 40 to 60%, which they think is their fair share. When you make income from the investment, however, and you reinvest it, you're going to be able to get the government to actually come along and invest alongside you with that 40% that I just mentioned. So they're just happy to take their cut at the necessary time, but you become a producer, they're going to actually say like, you know what? That's a great job, Nan. Let me throw in 40% to help boost and encourage you even more investments. I mean, that is incredible. Like what you just said, invest 100 and then they're going to give you a tax benefit of 40,000. I mean, we have seen more, right? But yeah, but even at 40%, that's just unheard of already. So of course, like Nan said, we're seeing higher tax benefits than, than 40 to 60%. But that's just a general example. Yes. I mean, I would do this investment all day long, right? <laughs> it's like you invest a hundred, but you're actually not investing actually a hundred thousand. Anyways, that's for another day. But then, you know, like the government, right? They don't care. Like Palm said, they don't care which quadrant you really live in because they're happy to take your 40, 60% and they're happy for you to invest your money and therefore pay much less in taxes. They still get their cut either or, right? Whether they are saying though, like, is that anybody who is a professional investor can actually pay zero tax if you invest your money properly, like how we, as you know, your BFF, financial BFF, the Kitty sister want you to. If you're a big business, you can actually pay only 20% in tax if you reinvest your profit back into the growth of your business. Whereas if you're self-employed, you're probably going to pay 
close to again to 60%. Unless, of course, you reinvest your profit back into your business or better yet into the quadrant I. Okay. Mm -hmm. So if you're in this deep, the next natural question on a lot of people's mind is probably, so how do I switch my quadrants? How do I change from being a high-level entrepreneur who trades his or her time for money and resides and is currently residing in E and S quadrants to being a financially free individual who resides in either the B or the I quadrants? How do I make the switch from being employed or self-employed individual to an individual with multiple streams of passive income? Well, now that you know the ABCs as in ABCs of cash flow quadrant, it's all about continuing your education and building and taking advantage and becoming part of the producer side and generating passive income opportunities. Then tap into your inner lioness and take action. Did we say producer? Yes. <laughs> we meant predator. Just kidding. Producer. <laughs> <laughs> so good. So true. But here's the best news. You don't have to leave your, like what you love, right? You don't have to abandon your genius zone. That's the thing that makes you feel alive. You have worked way too long and way too hard to build your career. And what, you know, what you do is actually important. We still need like surgeon, dentist, you know, lawyers to do their job, right? We don't want you guys to leave whatever your profession is. So switching to the right quadrant doesn't require leaving you, your career, but it simply means taking your active income and diversifying into thorough, smart, passive investment. Think of this as just adding to your resume, right? Your financial resume. All of these simply means taking your active income and diversifying into thorough, smart, passive investment. The good news is Diversifying your current active income to passive investment will provide you with sustainable cash flow and it's a lot easier than you might think and give you your time back into progress as well, right? So all this comes down to one simple question. How much in taxes do you want to pay? So based on oh. the answer, we'll give you we'll determine what quadrant you should move into. And by taking actions through apartment offering, you're going to be able to more quickly have part of your money reside in the I quadrant. I love that question. How much is tax? How much in, in taxes? taxes do you want to pay? Yeah. Do you want to pay? That's a great question. Guys, okay, that's enough of us today. But we're so thrilled by the journey so many of you are on. Have you left us any review yet? Don't forget to rate and share and spread the good news about tax incentives. Also, check out our show notes of today's episode on the kittysisters.com slash podcast, where you will find some awesome resources, not just on this episode, but all our episodes, including the ultimate guide to passive income and the Kitty Freedom Club, a passive investors club for ordinary people just like you. Talk soon. We can't wait to begin this journey with you. Check us out at the kittysisters.com slash podcast.